you for joining us today here at Victory. At Victory Church, we are a community of authentic, spirit-led Christ followers transformed to walk in victory. Join us as we begin today's message. Good morning, church. Can you hear me? I think this headpiece is going to fall off. If it does, I'll just keep talking. How's everybody doing? Good. Okay, this is a dead group. Let's smile. We've got a small group today. And uh, thanks, everybody, for coming on Sunday to worship the Lord. Um, David asked me to, to fill in for him on Samuel. And normally when someone says, I need you to teach or preach out of a particular a verse of the Bible or a particular chapter, I usually don't like to do that because somebody's kind of setting you in their, in their little thing and you're like, okay, well, I haven't been reading and studying this. But after I read chapter 7 of First uh, Samuel, I said, oh, man, this is perfect. Oh, this is great. It's perfect. Uh, we're going to talk about Samuel po pointing to the cross today. Um, I don't know where it's going to go. I don't have any notes. I've learned not to take notes. I do do study, believe me. I just don't get up here. Um, when I was standing here or singing, something came to mind, and I think the Lord spoke to me in this way. The Lord does speak to us, even though people might think we're crazy if we tell others we don't. But if you have the Holy Spirit of God, there's that still, small voice that speaks to you. And Josh, if you'd pull up chapter 7 of 1 Samuel, I want to uh, look at chapter or verse 5 real quick, if you can do that for me on 1 Samuel 7, 5. Uh, it says in Samuel... And Samuel said, uh, Gather all Israel to Mesphah, and I will pray for you unto the Lord. I want to do something a little different this morning. This came to me while we were singing. I would like for everybody to come to the altar and be humble before the Lord, and I want to pray for you this morning if you'll come forward. If everybody will step up here and hold hands. babies too. I'll read it again. And Samuel said, gather all the house of Israel to Mishra and I will pray for you unto the Lord. Let us pray. Lord, I pray for these, these people that you open their hearts to show them if there are any idols in their life. If there are things that are getting in the way of their relationship with you, Lord, I ask you that you show that to them. Have them return unto you. Have to put away these strange gods, these idols. Lord, prepare their hearts to serve you and to serve you only. Holy Spirit, cleanse them with the, the washing of the water of repentance. Pour it out upon them. Help them to set aside times to pray for you in their life. Have them confess their sins and remove their sins by the power of the cross. Lord, let us see Jesus at the cross, the suckling lamb, Offered up wholly unto you. Help them see the Old Testament picture of the future of Christ on the cross and his blood. 
Help them come to you, O Lord. Help them hear your thundering word in their heart. Help us do not forget Christ and the cross in our life, the importance. And those who may not know you have this to be the day of their salvation. For those who do know you, Lord, help them be delivered from those idols. I ask in Jesus' name, amen. Y'all can be seated. book of Samuel is an outstanding book. Uh, a little background real quick. Who is Samuel? Samuel was the 13th judge of Israel. He was called from childhood to be a, a prophet, a man of God. His mother, Hananiah, was barren. And she prayed unto God, if you'll give me a male child, I'll dedicate that child to you, Lord. God answered her prayer, and Samuel was born. And at a very small age, she took her child to the priest to live with the priest because she had promised to dedicate the child unto the Lord. And Samuel lived with the priest and practiced priesthood at a very young, young age. The Bible said there was no open vision in that day. And what that means, I looked at the word no open vision, means no divine revelation. God did not speak to men in their hearts or women's in their hearts like that. It was very limited. Today, if you know God, there is an open vision, an open revelation through the third person called the Holy Spirit. But the little boy one night upon sleeping heard a voice. The voice called him out. He got up thinking it was the priest. He went to the priest and said, Yes, you called me? And he said, no, son, you're having a dream or something. Go back and go back to sleep. Once again, God called him. Samuel. He got up, went to the priest, said, yes, sir, what do you need? He said, I'm not calling you, son, go back to sleep. The third time, the child heard it. Yes, what do you need from me, sir? No, I didn't call you, go back to sleep. But the priest realized that God was speaking to the child. So he back and told them, if God calls you again, get up and say, yes, here I am, Lord. And that is the beginning of this priest, this judge, this prophet's ministry to Israel. Israel, very similar to you and I, is that they follow the Lord, they forget about the Lord, they go back to doing what they want to do, and all these problems repeat themselves over and over and over. And Samuel had been praying for them and leading them for at least 20 years. In the scripture it says that they lamented after the Lord for 20 years. In other words, they were calling for him to come in their life, but he wasn't answering. And we're going to see why he wasn't answering for 20 years even though they were calling upon the Lord. And I would guess there's somebody in here today who has been calling on the Lord for a long time but feeling no results or feeling no change in their life. And I think you can look at a comparison of why we're just like them. 
and why God shows us these things in Scripture. That's why it's so important to read the Bible. That's why it's so important to look at words in the Bible, because words have meaning. And I'm going to read to you, starting in the third verse of the seventh chapter of 1 Samuel, what the Word of God says. And Samuel spake unto all the house of Israel, saying, If ye do, return unto the Lord with all your hearts, and then put away strange gods and Asheroth from among you, and prepare your hearts unto the Lord, and serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines." Then the children of Israel put away Balaam and Asherah and served the Lord only. And Samuel said, Gather all Israel to Mizpah, and I will pray for you unto the Lord. And they gathered together at Mizpah and drew water and poured it out before the Lord and fasted on that day and said, We have sinned against the Lord and Samuel judged the children of Israel as Mizpah. I'm going to go ahead and skip down to verse 9. And Samuel took a suckling lamb and offered it for a burnt offering, holy unto the Lord. And Samuel cried unto the Lord for Israel, and the Lord heard him. First of all, their problem was they had idols they worshipped idols. You see Asheroth and Balaam. Those were actual physical idols. In much of their history, they not only worshipped these idols, but they would actually put them on the altar of God along with the representation of Yahweh. Yahweh is nothing but another name for the Lord. So not only do they still worship the Lord, but they would put these wooden statues sometimes on the altar that looked like women, basically. And the implication was that God was married to one of them, that Yahweh was married to one of them. These women, these idol-worshiping figures looked like women because it was an issue of fertility. They worshiped fertility and things of that nature. So they were intermingling their faith with idols. Does anybody do that here today? Do we have things that are really more important than God in our life? In other words, is the person of Jesus Christ not enough? Was Yahweh not enough? They had to do something else. They had to add to it. That's what they were doing. And for 20 years they were calling out, lamenting is the word. That's crying out for God. Where are you? Well, you know, if you worship the true and mighty God, you might get an answer. And Samuel spoke in verse 3 to him and he said, If you'll return. Remember I mentioned words are important. If. If you will return to God. With all your heart. You know, there's nothing wrong with liking other things. It's the things that we put in our life that are more important to God. Even many of those things are good things in life. Our family, the jobs that God gave us, 
nice homes, cars. There's nothing wrong with those. Those are good things of life. The problem is we put them in our heart at a higher level than the mighty God. And what God says in his word is that's worshiping idols. Nothing but idols. You must return unto God. In other words, you have to make a decision today. Today's the day you make this decision. Today's the day I make this decision to return to God. That there's nothing more important than your Creator. Your spouse is not any more important. Your children are not more important. Your job is not more important. Your political affiliation is not more important. Your country is not more important. The flag's not more important. Your parents are not more important. Nothing can be more important than God Almighty because it is idol worship. And put away the strange gods. Put away the phrase. You know what that means? Decapitate it. Cut it off at the head. When you saw what the terrorists did to some of our hostages and some people, they decapitated their head as fear. That is a gross, serious event. But what put away means in the Hebrew is decapitate it. You've got to totally remove it out of your life, these idols. And you've got to prepare your heart. How do you prepare your heart? You've got to pray. You've got to ask God to help you. You've got to read the Scriptures. Do you read the Scriptures? Because if they're truly God's Word, then God is talking to you. The Almighty God, who is the creator of the universe, has a book that is divinely inspired, and He did it intentionally so that you could be spoken to so that you could learn, that you could learn from the mistakes of others and that you could be totally transformed by the renewing of your mind. If the scriptures are not divinely inspired, then what I am doing now is a waste of mine and your time. Prepare your hearts in prayer and study of God's word and serve him only. Him only. That doesn't mean you serve the church, which is a good thing, instituted by God. But do you know that serving the church at a higher level or more importance than serving and having a personal relationship with your Creator could be considered an idol in your heart? If your position in the church or your influence in the church is the most important thing to you, before your relationship to God, you need to decapitate it. You need to move it out of your life and only worship a mighty God. These idols are so important. They're so easy to sneak in on us in our life. If I can find my yellow tab here, can't get it. Josh doesn't have this, but I'm just going to read it. The Apostle Paul talks to, to the church at Colossus. 
And he says this in chapter 3, verse 5, Mortify, or put to death, therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil, consciousness, and covetousness, covetousness, which is idolatry. To covet. To put things in life, even good things in life, before God. He was speaking to the New Testament church. So if the New Testament church could have idols in their life and fornication and evil things in their life, could we not also? Are we so much better than they were 2,000 years ago? Absolutely not. So I ask you today, are there idols in your life? Do you covet Do you want things that other people have that are more important than your relationship to God? If God is showing you that in your heart, the Bible will tell you to repent of those things and cut them off at the head. But if you'll do it, there's a promise. He will deliver you. He will help you remove those things from your heart. In verse 6 there in 1 Samuel 7, when the people came to their, their altar and when they came to worship and Samuel prayed for them, he drew water and poured it out before the Lord on the altar. A representation of the washing, the cleansing of repentance that you and I need, that we can only get at the cross. Because Samuel in this whole story, everything in the Bible points to the cross. You have to ask God to cleanse you. It's through confession. That's what they were doing. They were confessing their sins before God and a representation of pouring water out is the cleansing of repentance and God cleaning them up and making them acceptable. They also fasted on that day. In other words, they did without. Sometimes we need to fast, take a break, do without things. That's what the picture is, is showing us before. And their words were, we have sinned against the Lord. And it says Samuel judged them at that point. We don't need Samuel to judge us today. We have a judge. And we will all be judged. The Bible says it's appointed once for a man to die, and then the judgment. I'll ask you here today, if you were to die today and you had that judgment, are you certain, without any shadow of a doubt, that you would go to heaven? Or do you think that you're still working on it? Let's not be working on it, my friends. Let God show you today is the day of your salvation. Today is the day of your deliverance. Because God is giving you an opportunity. If you'll notice, they came up and gathered together in public. There's advantage to public confession. If you need to know Jesus and you don't know Him today, make a public confession. Because the Scriptures tell us, if you will recognize or you'll protest me in front of others, I'll recognize you in front of the Father. But if you won't, 
I will not recognize you in front of the Father. That's the why, why public confession is so important to coming to know Jesus. Yes, you can do it in your chair. You can do it in your home. But you're still making a confession. Here's an example of a public confession. And looking at verse 9, it said, And Samuel took a suckling lamb, just a very young lamb, and offered it for a burnt offering, holy unto the Lord. And Samuel cried unto the Lord for Israel, and the Lord heard him. What you do is you see an example. Jesus Christ was called the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John the Baptist saw him coming and said, There he is, the Lamb of God. Here you have a picture of Samuel knowing that he had to offer up a lamb before God, a young lamb without blemish, with no defect or default. And he offered as a bird, a holy unto the Lord. And the Lord heard him. You see, for the Lord to hear you, you have got to have come to the cross of Calvary. You've had to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, and He will hear you. If you try to go in any other way, any other door, any other gate, you consider considered a thief and a liar. There's only one way, and Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. That gate is very narrow. It is very small, and the Bible says very few will come in because so many people want to continue to worship their idols. They want to have many gods. They want to do it their own way, and they think that that's just, oh, my God, there's got to be more than one way. Well, the Bible says very specifically there's only one way. That's through the cross of Jesus Christ, and your only other way to get there is death and destruction because you'll go to a place called hell. And Jesus Christ loved you and I so much that he made a way. And this example here that Samuel, he points to the cross. Whether Samuel knew exactly, he knew the scriptures, but what he knew, what he was saying then, I don't know. But he was offering up a land after they repented because it was a necessary to appease God. But now we don't have to cons consistently offer up lambs and goats and sheep to appease our Lord and God. We have one lamb, and that was the person of Jesus Christ who was offered up one time, only one time only, because he was without sin. He lived just as you and I lived, and he sinned not. That's why he was an acceptable one time, only offering, Necessary for all of mankind, for you and for me. You and I can take advantage of that today if you choose to, if God speaks to you. Perhaps you know, Lord, but God's shown you you've got idols. And here's how he shows you, and you know as well as I do, when you hear that word idols, if the Holy Spirit's speaking to you, they're popping up in your imagination. You're seeing those things right now before your eyes. The Holy Spirit is showing you what you have that's in your way to that relationship, that fellowship you want with him today. And he can deliver you too through what he did at the cross. Let's look at verse number 10. And 
as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near in battle against Israel, but the Lord thundered with a great thunder on that day upon the Philistines and discomforted them or confused them, and they were smitten before Israel. They were, their enemy was the Philistines then. Today your enemy is Satan and his demons who's constantly in a battle to put idols in your life to interfere with your relationship with the Lord. And that thundering, it's a voice. It just says, come to me, all you that are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Come to the Lord with your problems, with your idols. There's a promise that he will deliver you from them. But if he's calling you and you're seeing it today in your heart and you don't act on it, what you are doing is you are rejecting him. You're saying, my idol is more important. Or I'm not humble enough to profess or confess to you, Lord, that they're idols in my life. They're idols in all of our lives, if we only admit it. Upon me studying this, I could see the idols in my life. But day can be a day of remembrance for you. It can be a day of remembrance for your salvation if the Lord is teaching you or telling you now, I've really never surrendered my life. This can be the day the Lord helps you. It also can be the day for you to be delivered from your idols. And how do I know that? In this same scripture, over on uh, verse 12, it says, Then Samuel took a stone and set it between Mizpah and Shin. And called the name of it Ebenezer, saying, Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. In other words, it was a stone of remembrance for being delivered from the Philistines. What it can be today for you, this altar can be a stone of remembrance that God helped you. And he, you're asking God to help you today. Just saying I'm getting rid of idols is not that easy, is it? But today can be the day of your stone of deliverance, your Ebenezer where you come forth and either say, the Lord Jesus Christ, I need to be my Savior or I need to be delivered from my idols. And this can be the landmark because that's all it was, a landmark to remember. Do you remember the day that you became a follower, a disciple of Christ? Do you remember? That was a day. That was an Ebenezer day, if you can remember it. But I suggest to you, because I remember mine so clearly, and I know some of you may have been very small children, but if your Ebenezer day was an adult and you don't remember, you can't tell the day you became a believer in Jesus, I suggest to you maybe you haven't. Because that day should be a strong forefront of your mind. You should be able to tell 
another person exactly when the day was because there's examples all through the Scripture. If the day's the day you need to know that for sure, have this altar be your Ebenezer. But if it's the day you need to get rid of things, you can do that too. Generally on the altar calls and things, I do not do two different kinds of deliverances, one from salvation or one from, from idols. But it's so important. I changed gear on Josh again. That's okay. I'm looking at Luke 23 and 32. I'm back to the cross. And there were also two other malefactors. That's evil guys. If you don't know in the King James what a malefactor is. Led with him to be put to death. Me and you are those two malefactors. Okay? We belonged there because of how we lived far away from the Lord. We are, we are the malefactors. We put Christ as if we were those in this Bible story that day. We put Christ right there. And we deserved death, and we still do if we do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. And when they were come to the place, in verse 33, which is called Calvary, they were crucified. They crucified him and the malefactors, you and I, one on the right hand and one on the left. And here's that lamb in Samuel, the suckling lamb. And here he is forward many years later and 2,000 years back from us. And then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Forgiveness of sins. You and I can do that. One thief, one malefactor saw it one way. Another malefactor saw it another way when they're hanging there on the cross with their hands driven with nails, with their feet driven with nails, where they had been beaten probably not as bad as Jesus. Verse 39 says in that same chapter, and one of the malefactors which was hanged railed on Christ. He ridiculed him. If you be Christ, save thyself and us. In other words, it's all about him. He was only worried about himself. But the other rebuked that one and saying, Does thou not fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? In other words, you got the same sentence. We're both dying here, and all you're doing is railing against this man who's an innocent man. For indeed, justly, we are receiving our due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing amiss. 
And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said to that particular mouth actor, Verily I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Which malefactor are you? Are you the one that understands that you and I deserve death? Or are you the one that's trying to figure out a way not to submit your life to God? As we close and the worship team comes forward, Like I said, I wasn't going to try to intermingle altar calls. Sometimes that's confusing. I'll just put it to you this way. If the Holy Spirit today showed you that you're not certain, or you know for certain that you're not certain, that you know the Lord Jesus Christ, and you want to come to the cross and the shed blood at Calvary, just come over here. But if you know the Lord Jesus... But God has spoke to you today that you've got idols in your heart that need to be removed. In both cases, you can't do it on your own. Come surrender the idol or come surrender your life to Jesus. Come to the foot of the cross. And He will deliver you from your sins or from your idols. Let us sing. Guys, first off, I just want to say thank you for joining us today for the sermon. And uh, whether you're somebody that's come to our church or you're somebody that lives locally, you go to another church, maybe you don't even live here. Um, I just want I just want to say first and foremost, thank you for joining us. And uh, I want to encourage you to, to respond in some way today because, you know, when we hear a sermon, when we read the Bible, when we, um, whatever it may, may be, the point of that is, um, for God to speak to us in some way, shape, or form. And so, if you are a Christian, um, you've been a seasoned Christian, you know the Lord already, then the way that we can respond is just by, you know, asking Him, God, what do you want me to do with the convictions that you're giving me uh, based on this sermon, the way that you're speaking to me? What do you want me to do? And then respond to that. Maybe it's an area of your life that you've been holding on to um, and, and you haven't been giving it to Him. And I want to encourage you to give that to Him and step out in faith. Or maybe if it's, um, you know, some unbelief that you've had and, and God has really convicted you of some things. Um, you know, whatever it may be for you, it's different for everyone. I want to encourage you to respond to God and, and step in His direction. And, and the other thing too is if, if you are somebody that maybe you've listened to this and you've never responded to that gospel message, you've never been, been impacted by that gospel message, but now something is happening, God is kind of stirring in your heart and in your mind a little bit, then I want to encourage you to step out in faith, respond to that gospel message. And throughout the book of Acts, um, Acts tells us our history as a church. Uh, it shows us that you know, what that response looks like. So number one is to repent. And this word repent, all that means is just to turn from, you know, our sinful ways, our sinful desires, you know, turn from making ourselves God and all these other things in life, God, and turn to God and just give Him our life. 
Um, and, and then on top of that response, after the repentance, it comes something else. And it's called baptism. And, and baptism is so key. It's so important. It's seen all throughout um, that book and Acts and, and the importance and significance of it. Um, it's this symbol of death to the old self and then um, birth to uh, this new life in Christ. And we're, 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 uh, we die with Christ to the old self and we are raised with Christ to, to walk in this new life. And it's a command from Jesus. So I want to encourage you, if you have made that commitment to Christ, if you have stepped out um, and you are wanting to follow Christ, then I want to encourage you to take that next step and be baptized somewhere. Whether it's if you have a local church that you want to go be baptized at, I encourage you to do that. Um, if you don't have a church, we would love to be able to celebrate that with you um, here. But I encourage you first and foremost to do that, to, to talk with someone, um, to get counsel on what this means, to seek discipleship as well. So. Uh, I encourage you to do those things. We would love to talk with you. We are praying for you. I want you to know that you are loved and you are prayed for. So if you're ready to take that next step in your relationship with Christ, um, and if you want to take that next step with us, then we, are, we, we would welcome you with open arms. And so there's some links that we're going to provide below for you. Uh, please check that out. Um, and again, if you, if you have any prayer requests, um, please contact us. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to talk with you. And we're excited about taking this next step with you. 